by sitting down with a pen and a piece of paper, even before I talked to Brett, I already knew a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, what I was willing to accept, what I wasn't willing to accept, and what needed to happen based on how he responded. Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another incredible episode of For the Love of Money. I cannot wait for you to hear this episode today because I'm sitting down with this amazing power couple, Brett and Shalene Johnson. I know, what a privilege, right? I mean, these two don't even need an introduction, but we're going to sit down and talk all things relationship and business and parenting and success and ups and downs and just how to make it all happen. Because Shalene, as you know, has been seen everywhere from her TV career to Huffington Post. And Brett, her husband, he's been behind the scenes helping make it all happen for years. I think one of my favorite parts of the interview, though, is when Brett and Shalene share very vulnerably one of their lowest moments together when they were over $400,000 in debt and Shalene wasn't even aware of it. So that story is going to amaze you. And quite honestly... It's stories like that, why I created the money principles. You know, the principles that they weren't taught in school, but they should have been. The things where you weren't taught what your relationship with money should look and feel like, but it's one of the most important relationships you'll have. The things that will make you confident in both attracting and keeping your money. Matter of fact, there's five modules in it. It's self-study. You study right at home and here's the best part. The first module is why money matters. When's the last time you were actually taught why it even matters? And the second module is how money works. When's the last time you actually learned how the economy works and that there's enough to go around and exactly how it works in your favor and how you can actually leverage it to get ahead? And the third module is money-minded. Every single thought you must have and how to have them and how to keep them in order to attract and then keep all the money that you want. And then the fourth module is money moves. Here's the actionable how-to, everything you need to do and in what order in order to become wealthier. And the last one is the advanced module, money magnification. That's the one that takes everything I teach you in the first four modules and just like injects it with steroids so that you can take those basic fundamentals and take it to the entire next level to have that dream abundant life you wish you always had. Now, listen, when I set out to create this course, it ended up really comprehensive And it ended up as one of those courses that should be somewhere between $1,000 and $2,000, even though it's technically priceless. But I didn't want it to be anywhere near that price point. I wanted everyone to be able to afford this course because quite honestly, I'm sick of everybody just throwing expensive courses out there that those who need it can't actually get it. And so I decided that this would not be a giant profit center. Instead, this would be like a gift to everybody who needs it. And I made the investment so, so affordable that any single person that wants it will be able to invest in it and learn these five money principles and learn them in depth, the video trainings and the workbooks and everything else that comes along with it. So if this is for you, if if you want to learn these lessons 
before it's too late or if you want a better life than you have right now or if you're working your tail off but it's just not coming together for you, I want you to go to thetruthaboutmoney.com because that's what this is. It's all the new truths about money. Go to thetruthaboutmoney.com and check it all out there. I promise it will change your life. Now, this power couple deserves a proper introduction. And I already mentioned that they've built and sold several multi-million dollar businesses. Shalene has been on TV for years and she's also a New York Times bestselling author of Push. She's got two of the hottest podcasts out there, The Shalene Show and Build Your Tribe, and was even recently named as one of the top 50 female entrepreneurs to watch by Huffington Post. So I'm telling you, like we're talking baller status here. Everybody already knows how powerful Shalene is. But I'm equally excited for you to get to know Brett because Brett is behind the scenes helping make all these things happen. He started as a QB, a quarterback at UCLA and then Michigan State where he actually met Shalene. They're college sweethearts. How cool is that? So they've been together forever and they have so much advice to share with us. He manages the day-to-day operations of the business, including strategy and new product development and events and the employees and finances and logistics for everything Team Johnson. You know, together, it's the dream team. And you put their two amazing children in there and they truly are the dream family team that are changing the world. And so we're gonna sit down and and we're just gonna have a great open conversation for you to learn from as we talk about how to make it work when you are successful entrepreneurial parents. They do it better than almost anyone I've ever seen, by the way. We're going to go deep in how they ended up over $400,000 in debt without Shalene even knowing it. That story is going to blow your mind, but then we're going to talk about how they got out of it. So if you found yourself in a tough situation, it's going to inspire you to get out. Then we get into how they've established such strong boundaries and balance between work and family and success and exactly how you can as well. Listen, this episode, it's one of the best. It's full of actionable advice, great stories, laughs, moments of drama, you name it, and plenty of how-to as well. So listen up, get present, take notes, because I promise this episode will leave you inspired and ready for success. Brett and Shailene, how are you guys? We're doing great. Doing awesome. Thanks for having us, Chris. Are you kidding me? Welcome to the show. I'm like so excited to have the both of you on. Um, I'll tell you one thing. If, if there's an overall arching theme of questions that I tend to get from entrepreneurs, from listeners, it's how do you make it work as a couple? And so the fact that we get to dive into this with you guys is such a privilege. Well, it's an important topic for us too. Couples, yeah. people and, working together. Yeah. And when we met you guys um, a few weeks back, we picked up on that you guys had boundaries too and lanes and stuff like that. And I think that's probably where we started off is just to get together trying to figure that out. And it's not, it's not easy at the beginning, but if you, if you work at it, you, you know, you can make it Very amazing. Rewarding. Yes. Man, isn't that the truth? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start with some rapid fire. It's kind of a fun way for my listeners to get to know you in a hurry. Not that you guys need an introduction. And then we'll get into the questions that are much deeper right after we do that. And if there's anything great that comes up, we'll circle back around and, and dive into those two. Sound good? Great. All right. Awesome. So I'm going to kind of direct them each of your way. So uh, this is for both of you. Where'd you each grow up? I grew up in Newport Beach, California. As a football star? (laughs) Or a football player. (laughs) (laughs) He's being humble. And I grew up in Michigan. Ah, fellow Midwesterner. Love it. And then what's one of your favorite quotes? Either one of you. 
scared money don't make money. <laughs> Truth. What's one of your superpowers? And this is for Shalene. One of my superpowers, I, I would have to say emotional intelligence. I, I can really sense what someone is feeling. And I, I think that's a gift in you. It's a skill too, but I think it served me really well in my career. Yeah, it's so important to, to realize that and to develop that. From each one of you, what's a book that people must read? Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. Mm. And Shalene? For me, I, you know, I, I always go back to Eat That Frog, which is a Brian Tracy book. And it's uh, just out, I think in like its third edition. I just saw it on the bookshelves again. And I, it's a very, very quick read. It just helps you understand in the most simplistic of terms how to prioritize what it is you need to do. And you, you can read it in one night. Oh, I love it. What's one thing you're each challenged by right now? I think for the first time in a long time, I'm challenged by um, growth in our company and scaling. Mm -hmm. And I would say that I am challenged by my natural tendencies that might not be healthy, meaning like to work too many hours or to sacrifice sleep. Mm. And and that's a, not a new thing. It's, I think it's something I'll, I'll always have to keep myself in check with. Kind of like some anyone who's a recovered addict, mm-hmm. you always have to have those boundaries in place because there's temptation everywhere. Guys, not to, you, know, you know what's funny? Both things that each of you are challenged by, that's me too right now. So I totally <laughs> get it. A couple more here. What's one of your all-time favorite accomplishments? Either one of you can answer this. Raising both of our children to 22 and 19, and they're both doing very well and great kids. And, you know, just looking back at how we raised them, I think right now, I think I'll always be proud of that. But right now, I'm very proud of that accomplishment. I would say the same. Like last night before we went to sleep, what was I saying? Just you were like already half asleep. I just was making you laugh. You said that- I started singing, looks like we made it. Yeah, I was like, what are you talking about? And she just said, we've just done a really good job raising the kids. And it's been a, t- you know, a tandem. Um, and you know, like everybody says like, oh yeah, marriage, you know, you do 50%, 50%. And we've never really done it that way. I mean, sometimes, you know, because we have, we have a boy and a girl, sometimes it's 100% me with one of them. And sometimes it's 100% Shaleen with one of them. It's just- it's just it's it's more of a ham and egg type thing where it's just like you got to pick up and you got to you got to raise them from start to finish and you got to like put in work. But Chris, we were always very super superstitious, I guess you could say, about saying anything about our parenting. We were always like holding our breath, like I hope this turns out okay, <laughs> you know. And now they're adults, so if they start to screw up, it's not on our watch. Oh my god, and I they love both it. and they both have credited us on podcasts either on our own on Shaleen show or another podcast that they've been on, they've given us some credit for, you know, doing it right. And them seeing other parents kind of how they were raising kids and kind of like, God, I just, just, you know, we're really fortunate and blessed that, you you know, you guys, you know, did it right. And it's just, it, I think we have to give credit to our parents because both of our parents are still married 50 plus years, both of them. And, you know, we took, we decided when we had kids that we were going to take the good and the bad, you you know, the good from both of our parents and like what we didn't like and just, you know, change it up type of thing. So we were always trying to work hard. I love that. You know, let's go right into it at this point, right? This is a great stepping off point into the, the little bit more serious questions because you guys are totally lit up when you talk about your kids. 
And just to really frame, everybody heard the introduction, but just to really frame it, you guys have thriving businesses and you're working together as a couple, uh, you know, both entrepreneurs, and you still raise these two incredible young adults. To all of the listeners out there, that can seem overwhelming, right? They're just trying to figure out how to get to tomorrow. How did you guys do it? Was it a system? Was it like, how did you raise these two spectacular kids while raising a spectacular business? I agree that it's really challenging and it can feel very overwhelming until you have direction and clarity and it's in writing and an agreement between the two of you. And, and by the way, you know, we said we did it right. We did it right when he Brett says that or when I say that, we mean according to our values. Certainly, anyone who is raising their kids, you know, you've got an idea of what that should look like. For us, we really sat down and defined it and made some agreements of things that were not going to happen and what it meant for us to prioritize them and, and how they were more important to us than business. So, you know, it, it wasn't as hard as what people think. I think what was difficult for, for me anyways, was the constant feeling of FOMO. I never felt like I was missing out with my kids. But if I'm being honest, I was, ugh, sometimes I would feel gut-wrenching FOMO that I was declining things that I really kind of wanted to do. Ah, you know what? You just said something about having agreements in writing. Do you mean you literally sat down and created like this constitution of your family? Yes. 100%. That's cool. You got to tell so us about knew, that. Well, it was a, a, like a priority clarity statement where like we we had one for myself and one for, and Shaleen had one for herself. And then we had one combined as parents. And the one that we did as parents, we obviously did together. So when Shaleen talks about like FOMO of missing out, is that when when she was at the height of you know infomercial and on the air a lot there was a lot there were a lot of opportunities television um all kinds of things when the kids were younger and speaking opportunities speaking new, projects. Out, new projects just you you name it like you can imagine i mean you know having a couple number one infomercials and being on scene on you know television a ton so there's lots of opportunities and our agent Mm. said to us one time, he's like, Shaleen says, what does this mean for me to be on this show? Like if I were to do this show and he said, it means that you are working for them. You are probably doing Monday through Thursday, six to seven hours worth of filming. And you know, you, you will have some time off, but you're pretty much up, up in LA, you know, Monday through Thursday, six to seven hours a day. And here's what it'll do for your career, but you you need to before you accept this opportunity, which I know has you very excited. There's all this fame and whatever that could come from it, but before you accept it, understand that what you will have to say no to by saying yes to this is the ability to, in the middle of the day, go to your kids' award assembly. And I think it's interesting to note that our our agent at that time. And maybe your listeners are too young to <laughs> know who this person was. I had to look it up. But um, what's her name? Esther? Esther Williams. Esther Williams. Esther Williams, who's a famous female Hollywood actress mm -hmm. from the 20s. And, a lot of wait, swimming. Sorry, like from the of, 40s. Yeah, like lots of swimming type of... And his that was his mother. Mm -hmm. So he grew up in Hollywood and saw what it did to children when adults... When, when a career took over and he told us when he signed with us, he's like, I, I'm, listen, 
you have my word that I'm going to protect the two of you and give you my best advice. But the moment your careers become more important than your kids and your family, I'm gone. Wow. And we were like, awesome. You're and, our dude. And this is from somebody that makes more money if we sign more deals. Right. What a spectacular human to come across at a very pivotal time in your life. Oh, was, yeah. yeah. Huge. Yeah. So, huge. so here, you know, you're bringing up these kids in, in a lifestyle where you have a lot of notoriety. What was that like? Did, did that make it tougher as a, as a family and tougher as parents? Did it make it easier or was it a little bit of both? But there was, you know, that's a misconception that we had notoriety. I, I, you know, people will say to me like, "How are you going to the gym without being bombarded?" I'm like, nobody friggin' recognizes me, <laughs> you know. And you think about people who have like four million Instagram followers; they're not getting regularly recognized. And even though I was on infomercials, I mean, I might get recognized in an airport if my hair was up in a ponytail, but like, it certainly didn't interfere. And if people did know who we were, they didn't lead on. So I, it didn't impact us. We did, however, try to make sure that our kids weren't exposed to the fact that we were in business and on TV and that you know when they walked through the doors at 3 p.m., it was just family time. It wasn't yeah. like there weren't cameras in the house or we weren't focused on work until later in the evening. And our, our staff knew that as well. And it's like, it was, it was literally like our executive assistant who's been with us forever. She literally would be like, okay, everybody out, everybody out. It's 255, get out, get out, get out. You know, she really helped us, you know. So we made our boundaries known with everybody around us. That's so cool. Just for context, how did you two meet and how long have you been together? We met at Michigan State University, go Spartans. At the club. At the club. <laughs> um, I... I played foot. I, I played football in college, and I started my career out at UCLA, um, and ended up transferring there um, after my freshman year to Michigan State. And then you were like, "These girls are cute." Michigan State, <laughs> yep. And I literally met Shalene about the second week that I was at in Michigan. Okay, and, uh, so I got to take so, you all the way back there. So Shalene, at this time, I mean. You know, today you're a New York Times bestselling author and like one of the, the biggest and best podcast shows out there. And of course you had your TV career and all that. Did you <laughs> know back then that this is how you were going to turn out? I, not exactly. I, I did picture myself entertaining, teaching in some way, uh, leading. You know, as a kid, I thought that I would either be an attorney or have a talk show, but I, I didn't know exactly what it would look like. That's for sure. But I knew I knew it was going to have uh, an element of entertainment and comedy and teaching. I just didn't know it would take this exact turn. We always kind of have that inner knowing, don't we? Like we don't know what the details look like, but everybody I talk to for the most part, they say, you know, I had this inner knowing. I just didn't quite know what it looked like. I'm glad to hear that because I sometimes will hear people say, you know, or ask the question, are you shocked? Can you believe this is happening? And I think when we want a humble reply, we might say, I can't even believe it. But if you didn't believe it before it happened, it wouldn't have happened. Exactly. And so, Brett, I want to take you back to that exact same time. As you mm -hmm. got to know Shalene and, and once you guys decided, hey, we're a couple, were you like, whoa, she's going somewhere? Or was it just you were along for the ride? It, we came from two, totally two different backgrounds. Shalene's parent or father was an entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur, just done you know, tons of businesses. So she grew up with kind of like that unstable, like kind of like n never knowing um, if we had a lot of money or if we didn't have any money or what business we were in or anything like that. I grew up with a 
high school football coach, um, stay-at-home mom, fixed income. You, you know, you got one pair of shoes and don't lose them. You got one sweatshirt, don't lose it. Um, so, you know, myself growing up, I always thought that professional football would like be the dream, you know. And I did. I ended up playing professionally, but once I was done, I didn't quite know what was going to happen. You know, started started coaching a little bit and stuff like that, and probably could have gone that route, which our lives would have been totally different. But that was one of those policies that we decided early was um, college football coaching or professional football coaching Mm -hmm. is not a quality football. Football coaching is not quality. It didn't fit. Like those those people are traveling twenty four seven. Yeah, that that could be a really rough life. Our clarity. Yeah, it didn't fit with our clarity statement, even though you know. Both of us had to turn down things that would would have fed our ego or been really interesting for us. Like for, Brett is an amazing coach and has had so many opportunities, and he just had to transfer that love to business. Brett, you know, even though he didn't grow up an entrepreneur, Brett loves to win, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not very competitive. So you apply some of my ideas. And then you mix in his competitive nature and it was fun. Like we could both stay in the realm of things that made us feel like we were living a purpose, even though we had to be creative about it. That's such a great point. And we're both really good at reading people. Uh, Yeah, that back to that emotional intelligence. That that truly is a super uh, power to have. And if both of you guys have it, it's, it's no wonder that you've be able to do this well up to this point. Brett, I want to ask you a question real quick while we're on this subject. Now, you didn't grow up an entrepreneur, but today you manage the day-to-day details, right? The, the company finances and events and product planning and you know, just all of those things behind the scenes. And I know what that feels like, by the way, because I did that for Lori for so long. Mm-hmm. All those things behind the scenes that are so important. And I also know this because I did them for a while. They can be tough things to communicate to your significant other when your significant other is a, a creative and when they're in flow and when they're out there like doing the do, so to speak. So how did you learn to communicate some of the unsexy things like sales and launches and budgets and money and all that stuff with Shaleen in a way that she could really receive it well? It's still ongoing, Chris. Probably the same way it's probably still going ongoing with you. Yep. Um it's it's definitely at the beginning, it was a lot more of a challenge than it is now because we had to learn to communicate because I'm, I by nature wasn't a great communicator. And so, in order to give Shaleen feedback on things, we had to learn how to talk to each other in a business, you know, in a business relationship. And I think that it's evolved and it still is constantly evolving. But I think I totally 100% trust her and respect her creativity and her gut feeling on things. And she 100% trusts me on like, will this work? Is it is it the smart decision to go down this path? Um, does this open up more doors? So I don't, I never feel like he's trying to rain on my parade or doesn't like my idea. If he says that just isn't a good decision financially, I will ask a lot of questions to understand it, but I never feel like it's a personal thing. However, I have to say, Chris, it has not always been this way. And we have this marriage and then we have you know, the 1.0 marriage that we struggled through where we didn't communicate. And we were in a horrible financial situation and Brett didn't want to tell me. And I, 
you know, we, we just didn't know how to communicate with each other about those things. And we also didn't know, well, there's so many problems in our communication. We really are where we're at today because we did go to therapy. We did learn how to communicate and we're always today, even today reading books, like one of the books I'm reading right now is about relationships because this is what matters more than anything. It's more important than our our wealth or our business. It's our relationship. And so we've really, especially because we feel like we've saved it, you know, pretty early on through communication, we're always trying to find better ways to communicate because it it used to be pretty gnarly. Oh, you know what? I, I absolutely can identify with what you're saying. Brett, take us back to when finances weren't going the way you wanted them to go. Why weren't you bringing that up? Why weren't you sharing that in the moment? Well, I, like Shaleen said, earlier in this podcast that she had an addiction. I had an addiction to gambling. Mm. And so that was like a huge secret for me. And so I was always trying to hide that. So I wasn't bringing up finances as much. Mm-hmm. Um, because why would I bring up finances? I, you know, I was... Might con- I, I, yeah, I might bring yeah. attention to the fact that I had this secret. And so I... Which once- is a perfect... like. You know, if you want to pick, it's like picking someone who's a a, a meth addict and someone who's addicted to making meth. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it, we we were so we didn't realize how codependent that was. I knew Brett was gambling, but I always thought I only heard about the wins. Yeah, I didn't know, and I never I never took the time to really look at what was going on with our books with our business. He would just say things like. It's not going well, Shaleen. We need to make more money. And I'm like, sweet, that's perfect because I'm a workaholic. So I'll do more. <laughs> it just fed each other. Totally. And it nearly destroyed us and nearly destroyed our businesses. We ended up $460,000 in debt and facing facing potentially divorcing. I mean, I don't. I think maybe that word has been said once in our marriage and it was you know, that week the week that I discovered it. We just don't believe that's a word you say unless you're like, it's serious. And um, we were facing that. We were facing bankruptcy. And we just realized this is because of secrets. This is because of a lack of communication. We need to both figure out why, what it is we're running from and why we can't run to each other. Guys, this is really important. Number one, thank you for your vulnerability because this is where the, the real work gets done for everybody else. And, and number two, in that moment, Let's start talking about the upswing a little bit in that lowest moment, that week that you found out. What was the first step? Like, how did you guys pull it together and get your arms around everything? Well, first of all, I was relieved because mm. I, because I, you know, you find you, you have this secret and it's just gnawing at your stomach. And then for the person that you're hurting, and at that point, it was hurting my wife and kids. And so, it was like a monkey off my back, like literally, like I felt light. So I felt, I felt at that point better. And she, she didn't know. So she was in a, she was in the worst position, worse off than I, I was. Um, and then I remember it probably took, like you said, about a week. And then we just sat down like we always do with pen and paper and mapped out a plan to, pay things off, get things back in order and... And deal breakers. Yeah. Wow. You know, so for me, I discovered it before, obviously before I had all of my receipts collected. And once I realized what was going on, 
I spent about a week just just gathering information so that I knew exactly what I was facing. And then before I talked to Brett about it, before I confronted him, I also said, okay, what I don't know is how he's going to respond. But what I do know is me. And so if he says this, I'll do this. If he says this, I'll do that. And I, I, I had a complete plan. So I wasn't nervous about confronting him. No, don't get me wrong. I was furious and upset and devastated. It's, it's betrayal. And it had been going on for more than a decade. But by sitting down with a pen and a piece of paper, even before I talked to Brett, I already knew a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, what I was willing to accept, what I wasn't willing to accept, and what needed to happen based on how he responded. That's incredible. That, that You guys are helping everybody out right now so much that you know either they're afraid of one shoe dropping or it's already dropped and they don't know how they're going to recover. So everything you guys are sharing right now is is an absolute gift to all the listeners. Chris, can I mention this too? Because I think you know their addiction is is very common. Lies are unfortunately common in marriages. I just want to say to those out there who are in a relationship, should you discover something like this, should you go through this, do not go to your friends. Go to a a professional. Yes. That's one thing we both did. We have very close friends who never knew. I mean, my best, best, best friends did not know this was going on because I didn't know how it would turn out. I didn't want them to influence my decisions. I knew I needed wise counsel and I knew I needed to pay for someone and and to to seek people who were outside of the situation who could advise us and and especially even family members. Like don't talk about these things with your family until you know what you're going to do. That is the best advice ever because friends and family, they mean well, but they're just going to tell you what they think you want to hear, right? They're going to kind of cheer you on and be your buddy and be, uh, you know, oh, we got your back. And that isn't necessarily the objective advice that you need in the situation. And they might not forgive that person. They might look differently at them. And, and so we just, we made a decision not to involve everybody. You guys are, are you're absolutely amazing gifts right now for sharing this. Thank you for that. Um, mm-hmm. So... Shaleen, here we are today, and you're famous, in my words, for having some of the best <laughs> boundaries ever around life and work, right? You guys went from that moment to here you are today, just absolutely thriving, and you've got such a beautiful balance in life. Can you walk us through what some of these boundaries look like and how you guys came to have these? Well, first of all, it's just pen to paper, and we decided to write out, like we, we've kind of said a lot of them just on this, you know, just on this podcast as you've been listening. So, you know, the kids get out of school at three. In the morning, we are going to be at breakfast, making them breakfast. One of us is going to take them to school when they couldn't drive. The just all these different, you know, rules. Um, we had this, we had this really cool one when the kids got old enough to where if we were like, let's say we we're eating dinner. Now, Shalene and I are very passionate, even though I didn't grow up as an entrepreneur. Like she said, I'm very competitive. Hence the gambling, and mm-hmm. and I'm I, I like I'm to. Glad w- we can laugh about that now. <laughs> yeah, I like I like to win, and so. You we, know what? I'm a safer bet than gambling. That's why. That's true. <laughs> we get very passionate about our work, probably just like you and Lori do, yep. and we would be in the kitchen and making dinner or just talking and stuff like that, and the kids would be in there, and we would start getting on a roll about like. What, what what exciting thing we are doing in work. And we had these code words where I I would call Shalene Smalls or she would say to me, handsome. 
And that was our code word is that we're talking too much business in front of the children, mm. front of the kids. And we would just, boom, we'd switch the, we'd switch, the um, switch and boom, we'd just pour back into them. So those were some of the things that we some did. Some other boundaries that we, or things that we put in practice. I hope these are practical things other people can, you know, take, make them your own. They totally yeah. are. Um, so weekends, we negotiated contracts with, you know, so for example, I had a contract with Beachbody where most of the trainers um, are required to do a certain amount of like weekend appearances, weekend events. And we just negotiated that that wasn't going to happen. We just couldn't do that. If we if that meant accepting less money, that, so be it. We wouldn't travel. Um, we had a policy between the two of us that we would only take on one new work intensive a project per month or travel only once per month. So in other words, if I was like, oh, I've got this great idea, but earlier in the month, I had another great idea, then it'd have to wait until the following month. And we would we would map that out because that meant stress. And, and stress, even if we could fit it in before 3 p.m., it was so much, kids can feel that, you know? And trust me, we were not perfect at all, but we these boundaries really made difficult decisions very easy when you're like oh god this sounds so good we should do this this is great we'll just do this and then we won't have to worry about blah 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 but you can so easily keep making excuses for why you need to do something and then you don't have a policy mm, god isn't that the truth every night we were with our kids so our kids didn't do their homework in their bedrooms they we all were in the same room we never missed a sporting event Mm-hmm. You guys are like parenting heroes. I can't wait for Lori and I to finally have our kids so that <laughs> we can just come to you for all of the advice. Well, we had we had great mentors too. So yeah, let's talk about some mistakes we made as parents. I know one. We were we were making our kids their lunches like and way beyond what we should have, and then suddenly I'm look I looked at Brian. I'm like, why are we still making them lunches? They can drive. <laughs> <laughs> Sixteen years old, you're making their lunches before they go to school. That's amazing. What are you doing that's amazing. How do you want your kids to picture? success now that they're adults. They get it. Yeah. I mean, I think... I, we brainwashed them. Yeah. I think <laughs> it's balance. I mean, that yeah. success is is 100% balance. People that just go, go, go. I mean, that's great. Some people do. Some people just go like, you know, their ass is on fire and they just are all over the place. But the, I think our kids have learned that success is balance. You got you to gotta work hard, play hard and also relax. They really understand the boundaries and we, you know, brainwash them as much as possible and we're always talking about what we were hoping they would pick up on. A great example of that is our son Brock, he is a a quarterback at UC Davis. So, you know, collegiate athlete, very very busy, full-time student, also started his own online business which, you know, we're proud to say made over $100,000 last so year. So cool. But here's what he did during uh, once football season started, which most people don't realize isn't the football season, like once once they started practicing, Brock in August in August, Brock deleted all of his social media apps, despite the fact that that's what he was building his business with. He deleted all social media apps and didn't do any social media posting or scrolling for the entire season, and they made it all the way through the playoffs. So is that what it's called, honey? Yeah, they went. They won their <laughs> conference. They went ten and three. So they played fourteen weeks because they had a bye. So I mean, it went well into um, it went. I think right before Thanksgiving, they played right after Thanksgiving. So August till Thanksgiving, whatever how many months that is, and he just didn't do it. But he showed 
balance. I mean, in I don't even know if I could do that. Like I was like, what are you doing? What? And he's like, yeah, I just really want to focus. And we're like, wow. So he's adopted this concept (laughs) of boundaries that you guys have set, not by just teaching, but by literally, you know, you live this way and therefore he's living this way. But what about the people who weren't brought up this way? How did they learn these boundaries? Well, you know, we, we've tried to teach them to our students. We really tried, because I am often asked, Shaleen, you know, I hear so many people's success story and it seems that they all have this really low point. So therefore, I believe in order to be successful, I'm going to have to have that low point. I'm going to have to, you know, as I hear most successful entrepreneurs, hit rock bottom overworking. And is that true? And, and I say, absolutely not. And we've got students who... Our objective, because there's a lot of people who teach business and marketing, a lot. What I think sets Brett and I apart is that we want to teach people how to live a life and have freedom. Mm. It's not about how much money you can make. So what we teach our students when it comes to social media and marketing and building a business and leadership is how you do that, how you can do it and kill yourself. And how you can do it and actually enjoy the food. Thank fruits you. I'm so glad right now while some people are screaming all over Instagram, look at me, I'm successful. You got to get here by grinding. I'm so glad that you guys are teaching that. And Chris, you had said on, uh, on I think it was probably Instagram stories. Um, and we, we talk about this all the time is people need to figure out what they're worth too hourly. Mm-hmm. Like yep. and when you're doing some stupid shit, in your business or in your life that is taken away from this. People are like, how did you make time for this? Well, we worked hard from eight to three so that we could, you know, be with our kids. But we also had people that were doing the laundry and doing the house cleaning because once we figured out what we make hourly, that didn't make any sense. Yep. Can you speak Uh, to that really quick, by the way? Because I know out here on the coast in Southern California where you guys live and where we live, it's very common to have housekeepers and all that stuff. And, yeah. you know, it's not shame, but you're from the Midwest, Shalene. Uh, mm-hmm. Lori and I are from the Midwest. Yeah. It's not necessarily common there. No, it's not. And I, it's a mindset. And it was really a huge struggle for me when we were in debt. It's a money mindset. It's a shift that made the difference in our, in our stress. Our stress level came way down, which allowed us to become closer to each other, which allowed us to be better parents. If you are stressed out to the max, I don't care if you're sitting there at your kid's baseball game, you're not there. Nope. And and so we had to, when we were broke, I mean broke, we didn't even have credit cards. We had little envelopes with cash. And when that cash was gone, there was no more money to spend. And it was at that time, Brett said to me, Shalene, you, there's, you, we've got to, get help. We, we need to hire someone to help here in the house. Cause I would say, I can't start working on that project until the laundry's done. I just can't, I can't do this and look at the house. You know what I mean? I would yep. just like freak out over that kind of stuff. And Brett finally said, listen, I know we can't afford it, but we can't afford to, to have you do it either or me. So let's just hire someone for a week to get caught up. And if it doesn't help us, if it doesn't seem like that's going to make us you know, more profitable, more effective, well, then we can go back to what we're doing. Go but why would, why would we not try? And so it started with that. And that's what, you know, typically it starts with. Like, you know, you, you find somebody around the house and it doesn't have to be full-time. See, I think people get that 
Like they're like, oh my gosh, I got to get somebody 40 hours a week. No, you don't. You can start a couple days a week. Three days a week, three, three days hours, week, whatever, whatever it might be just to free your mind. But then what it does is once you get comfortable with that philosophy of that hiring people to help you, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. It just leads to the next thing because it went from it went from housekeeper to gardener to somebody to come maybe to walk the dogs mm-hmm. or something like that. Then it leads into an assistant. Mm-hmm. I mean, once we started with with humans to help us in business, <laughs> you know, that like you know, an assistant that that made sure that the you know we had the right groceries in the house or just yeah. any anything, you know, or travel when we did have to travel or book stuff for us or make sure that the the uh, just anything. It just freed up all the time for Shalene and I just to focus so much on our business. And then that's when things started to explode. Yeah. I love that. Lori and I have this this policy. If it's not income producing or if it's not joy producing, delegate it. Mm, yeah. As a mom, I at first I, I struggled with letting go of those housekeeping things. And, you know, Brett just reassured me like we're not, and, and this is just, again, it's not a judgment of anyone. We just believed, for, especially for me, we weren't going to outsource driving our kids around or spending time with them. And I think nannies are great. That's awesome. But for me, if we had someone taking care of our kids, which we had to do sometimes, right? I, my stress level, my guilt, my everything, because I, I knew that wasn't something I had to do. I just didn't, that never felt good. That never helped our situation. Now, some people it does. Ah. But for us, we kind of outsourced everything else but that so that we did have more time to spend with the kids. Like we we wouldn't run any errands. We outsourced that. We didn't do any laundry. We didn't pick up the dog poop. We like anything we could outsource so that we did have the time available to take our kids to and from school to to be there with them. And um that was just right for us. And I again I don't say that in any way to mean to sound like that's right for everybody. But for for me, when we did have someone else take care of the kids, it heightened my anxiety. And here's the Here's the thing that has to happen though when you do start help getting help in these areas, you have to do work when they're when they're there. Mm-hmm. So when yeah. somebody's doing laundry, that's not your time to you know go get your hair cut or go get your nails done or go run errands for yourself. That's time like you're working. Yes. Like they're there, so it's dedicated. So I think people, it's kind of like um, it, it just it's a philosophy that you have to grasp. And you have to take you you can't you have to take advantage you have to take advantage of those hours productively. When I was in banking, I was taught uh, I was given an assistant once I reached a certain uh, level and was taught how to delegate and why. And you guys have figured out how to delegate and why and, and the magic of it. But there's way too many people out there that just don't grasp it. They're afraid to spend the money. Uh, they don't understand. You know, spend a dollar to make five. Where can they become more comfortable with this? You, you even mentioned a couple of times that you you teach us to your people on stuff. Are there resources available? Like, well, we'd love to share one with your audience if if that's cool. Because I, I mean, think that's it super really, cool. What do you got? We have a checklist, <laughs> and I think it's super simple, and it will be jaw dropping for many of your listeners to just delegate the to figure out what they're doing, what they wish they were doing, what they need to be doing. And what things they really need to let go of first. What what you're really paying yourself to do. Uh, this is and, genius. Lori and I are going to do this checklist too, even though we think we've got this mastered. 
It's pretty funny to look at because you're like, wow, no wonder I'm tired at the end of the day. So you can find the checklist by going to delegateordie.com. And it's just a really simple, you'll fly through it. And if the item is like non-applicable to you, like if you don't have kids and you just hit NA, but you'll go through the list and you'll decide, okay, I'm doing that. I'm doing that and I shouldn't be doing that. I should be doing that and I don't have time to do that. And you'll it'll just be perfectly clear to you what things have to go so you have the room to do the things that only you can do or that only, you know, that are important for you to do because they create revenue. Oh I got my a, God, so good. I got a DM uh, two weeks ago from a gal that is a, is now a seven-figure earner in a network marketing organization. And she said that delegate or die um, download catapulted that whole process. Like that was like the starting point when she went through that checklist and and fundamentally said, this is what I'm going to do. That's mm. when her business took off. Guys, it's one thing to teach this as a concept. Like we've been doing, it's another thing to give somebody a tool. This is like the greatest gift ever. So <laughs> it's delegatordie.com and it's yep. literally just this checklist. Like, does this apply yep. to me? Yes or yep. no? Yep. yep. We don't tell you what to do with it. That's up to you. But it just puts it in black and white and it's going to be so obvious. You'll feel better. Like you're like, wow, here it is on paper. And it also, for many people, they'll use that list to say, and here are the first things I need to outsource or, or, or hire help. This is, I'm, I'm going to share it with my masterminds. I can share this with everyone. This is awesome. Thank you for that. I really appreciate that. So the end result of delegating or dying, let's <laughs> hope it's not dying, um, <laughs> is this. You raise incredible families. You have incredible experiences. And you also have the time and the money to give back. And this show talks so much about generosity and giving back. And I know that's something that's important to the two of you. Yeah. Why is it important to you guys? We believe that blessings rain down on you. The more generous you are, the more God will bless you. And we've always lived our lives that way. We just um, quietly want to pour into people. I think when we first started making money, like silly money, <laughs> we we gave everybody money who had a handout and that didn't feel good. Ooh, um, expand, please. Well, I just, there are certain people who... We felt, we, we, there were certain people that we felt kind of helped us along the journey, you know, and we felt just like, oh, you know, maybe we should give them some money, you, you know, and it just didn't feel just the, right. You know, they're the people in your tribe who are um, super supportive and loyal, but they're always making poor decisions that land them in trouble. And we finally had to realize like, we love them, but we're not helping them by giving them money. Like, And I remember a really painful conversation where a close friend needed another loan. And I had to say to her, I will give you every minute of my time. We can get on the phone every single night and we can go over a plan and I can help keep you accountable. But I cannot, actually I can, but I'm not going to send you a check because I don't think that's helping. Wow. You guys, that's so true because sometimes you're just empowering a bad habit or you're empowering totally. victimhood. Yeah. And just, you know, teaching people like, you know, as they say, teach a man to fish. And, and we and we do it too, not through, we, we do gift a lot of money, but we also gift time. And we, we did have um, a, a mastermind a few years back and- A mentorship. A mentorship. And we, we, we did it for a couple of years, but then we decided that both of us didn't feel great about it. Like it wasn't like it wasn't, it wasn't rewarding. For yeah, it wasn't serving us. So like you said, if it doesn't make money or if it's not joyful, well, it made us a lot of money, but it wasn't joyful for us at all. 
So maybe we did it wrong, but who, who knows? We just didn't do it. So we decided that we were going to mentor people as God put them in our life. Ooh. So if somebody came into our life that, you know, it was unexpected. It was like, how did this person just, you know, you know, those people that just drop into your life and you're just like, how did oh, these yeah. get here? And because they were put there for a reason. And we, we kind of get to know that person and we just kind of together just say, you know, let's pour into this person. Yep. And I will say about our mentorship, the, the people who were in our mentorship, who we did get great joy from, were the kind of people who we then felt guilty, I guess you could say, about accepting payment for it because these are the kind of people that if we had just met them, we we would have poured into them from our love and our heart anyways. And some of those people we still do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But then there were those people who it just, it wasn't, it just didn't feel right for us. So we love, we freak, you know, if you're a know-it-all, you love mentoring people, <laughs> especially if people like listen. <laughs> And actually do it and they're willing and open to change and, and to improve. And that's just the most beautiful, exciting thing. So that's a hobby of ours. I love mm-hmm. that because it's a gift to give your money and it's a gift to give your time and love. And, and they're both equal gifts. And the fact that you guys give both, it just it's how you show up in the world, just so that you know from the outside looking in. And it's a beautiful thing. Thanks. Thank you. Do you have a favorite moment of giving? I always ask people this to inspire others to get Gosh, more creative. Uh, get, you mean like you, you like a, a moment that we've gifted something or something like that? Yeah, it doesn't matter well, money just, or a, a oh, thing no, or time the, or anything. I, Christmas. Yeah. It's it's the it's the funnest thing that we do, and we've we've literally because we do it on social too. Now we we we're kind of weird about doing it on social, but we we we're like you know what we can help more people and maybe inspire some people to go out, yes. out and do this. And now lots of people do this. So every Christmas, Chris, we um we go and get. A, a random amount of money. It's been, I don't know if you want five. No, no, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, random. It's been random amount of money. And the th- the four of us, Brock and Sierra and Shalene and I, we sit down and we write out grateful cards. You, you know, letters. hope letters to people that we're not that we don't know, and we go into communities where we feel that there's probably some need. And we walk up to people in Targets and Walmarts and just on the street, on the street at, um, Denny's. at Denny's. I'm working on Christmas Eve and just hand them an envelope and just say, you know, God bless, you know, Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas and walk away. Oh, I love and that. It's And we. what's really fun about it is we, we've been doing this with the kids since they were really little and they were so uncomfortable with it when they were little. But like the first time we did it, mm. but we, we forced them like we, we let them pick whoever they felt a calling to, to just hand that person a letter and say, Merry Christmas. We would write out these letters to people and every letter was different. And I don't know why, but you, you just we would just write these letters. And sometimes I would write one to a single mom or a dad or a grandma. And you just knew that at some point you would see that person, right? And the craziest thing ever, Chris, is nobody knows what's in that envelope. It could just be a letter. Yeah. But when you walk up to someone on Christmas Eve, and hand them an envelope and say, Merry Christmas. I can't tell you how many times the person without opening the envelope breaks down in tears and is like, thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. And they don't, they, they don't it could just it. be a letter. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful testament of the fact that you can interrupt chaos and 
just connect with another human being and, and the gift is the letter. Mm. So we we at first we were very reluctant to do this in social media because we didn't think we didn't want people to assume we were doing it for, you know. Yeah, we never disclosed the money. Yeah. 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 But we did want people to see us doing this. And now many people in our tribe have said they started at first just doing it with just a letter, no money. And and then the next year they included, you know, five dollars or twenty dollars. And then we got letters from parents who were like my kids donated their own money and it's it's just a cool thing. Oh my God, coolest thing ever. Two fast questions because I want to respect your your time, but this is so important. Um, how do you want your kids to view money? I would like for my kids to view money as something that gives them options, but doesn't necessarily deliver happiness. But having options sometimes, um, you can pick a happier and happier, happier option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just did a big video on, on money actually can increase the, your chances at happy moments. It's true, right? Uh, yeah, heck yeah. I want them to view money as something that you can protect and that you can make it grow mm. and that it's smart to start investing early mm-hmm. and don't take for granted like you know the power of you know compound interest mm-hmm. and being in like an investment early. Both of our children are already investing. Um, there's just so many books out there that just show the earlier you get involved, the 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 faster your wealth, you know, and it yeah. can you can start small. So I've always told them that you can start small. You don't have to wait till you have, you know, five figures or six figures to start investing. Start investing now. So I want I want them to see that power of growth. And That's Brett has small. always Brett has always said, you know, my job and the thing that I want to teach the kids is that you to make money, you don't just have to work hard. If you're smart about it, you can have your money work for you. Your money should make you money so that you don't always have to be working to make money. Ooh, that is such a good lesson to instill in people young. It really is. So last question before we get to that, where can we find you? I know we can already find you at delegate or die.com. We'll make sure we put that in the show notes. Thank you for that gift, by the way, that checklist. But where else can we follow you and find you? Well, you can find me at, or both of us really, at shaleen.com and... My Instagram is probably the place where I'm the most active. That's Shaleen Johnson on Instagram, at Shaleen Johnson. And on Instagram, I'm Brett Johnson 11. I love it. Like one, one, not the, not written out 11. Yeah. One, one. Brett with one T, right? Brett with one T. My, fer- my parents couldn't afford that second T. <laughs> you buy all the T's you want now, but you're sticking with the one <laughs> T. I love it. I love it. All right. Last question is this. Give me a reason why people should be unapologetic about their pursuit of success? I think because it does, it opens up doors for people. I think, it, you know, the, if you're successful and you do it the right way and you're not arrogant about it, I mean, it just helps out so many people. Like I can't, I, I can't imagine how many people we've been able to help out along this journey with us. And so that's been rewarding for us. But I think if you are able to look at it that way, I think it, you can just help more people. I think is. Yeah. My answer would be, it depends on, you know, certainly you start with how you define success. And for me, I define success as having peace and God wants us to have peace. I just was talking to a woman who was explained to me how, how distraught she was that her daughter has chosen to be a tattoo artist versus uh, you know, working at the university where she had just quit her job. And she said, she's, she says she's so happy and she's not stressed anymore. And, I, and she said, but I always thought she would be successful. Oh. I know. And I said, but 
it sounds like she is successful. Don't you want your daughter to be happy? And she's like, yes, but I think if she's making more money, she'd be happier. I said, not necessarily. Yeah. So, you know, I think we need to respect others' definition of success. And we actually need to sit down to define it in terms other than what society has shared with us. Oh my God, I love that. Okay, everybody listening, I want you guys to define success for yourself. And I want you to DM Brett and Shalene and let you hey, let hey. them know what your definition of success is. So I that's, listen guys, let's put a bow on this thing. Uh, number one, I want to say thank you like a thousand times over because from the checklist to the vulnerable moments to talking about some of your you know lowest points and then how you got to some of your highest points, Every single piece of that is a gift to everybody listening. And I know everyone's going to be better off because you guys were willing to come on and share. And so for that, thanks just a million times over. Chris, you are awesome. We love you and your wife. The moment we met, you were like, oh, those are cool. We could hang out with those people. Those are our kind of people. All right, we're doing it. That sounds good. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.